Welcome to BreezeLine, where next-level internet speeds mean next-level productivity. Whether it's back to school, back to work, or back to reality, don't let slow internet slow down your game. Kick it up a notch with a game-changing offer of 500 megabits per second of lightning-fast speed for only $39.99 per month. Choose BreezeLine and get next-level internet and faster speeds backed by a fiber-powered network. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more. This is... Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learn your adverbs from schoolhouse rocks, burned your shins on a hot metal slide with sharp edges, exploding pop rocks for science, and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing With Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. You're listening to Dancing With Myself. I'm your host, Heather, and we are talking about Rambo based on David Morrell's Vietnam-era novel about a Vietnam veteran who comes home from the war to find himself treated like one of the hippies who protested it. A small-town sheriff doesn't like the looks of this drifter and tries to run him out of town, whereupon the former Green Beret reverts to his training and goes to war, full-on war. The book has a significantly higher body count than the movie, with Rambo slaying about 200 people. When Stallone came aboard the film and asked to rewrite the script, he removed most of the killing. This Rambo was not directly responsible for any deaths, just a few major woundings and indirectly a fall from a helicopter. You know, this kind of lets us sympathize with him and adds to the pathos of his plight. When we meet Stallone's John J. Rambo, he has wandered up to Washington State in search of his war buddy, Delmar Berry. He learns that Delmar died of cancer due to exposure to Agent Orange during the war. And as he walks up the road into the ironically named Town of Hope, he still seems stunned, perhaps grief-stricken. It's in that frame of mind that he is stopped by Sheriff Will Teasel, played by the wonderful Brian Dennehy, one of those law and order cops who considers it his mission to apprehend anyone he judges to be poorly dressed. He tries to drive Rambo out of town, and when the veteran stubbornly heads back, the sheriff arrests him for vagrancy, resisting arrest, and carrying a concealed weapon, which happens to be a large knife. They beat him up, use a water cannon as a shower, and are about to give him a dry shave when he has flashbacks to his time as a POW in Vietnam and freaks out. Rambo punches his way through half the station personnel and escapes to the street, where he steals a dirt bike and makes his way to the woods. Once there, John Rambo is unstoppable. A massive manhunt can't capture him, and soon six of the sheriff's deputies have been injured by his improvised booby traps, while another falls from a helicopter while trying to shoot Rambo dead. He holds a knife to Teasel's throat and tells him, quote, In town, you're the law. Out here, it's me. Don't push it, or I'll give you a war you wouldn't believe. Despite, or perhaps because, of his visible terror, Teasel pushes it. 
The only hope for de-escalation comes with the arrival of Colonel Trotman, played by Richard Crenna, Rambo's wartime commanding officer. He announces himself as the man who made the decorated Green Beret and claims, quote, I didn't come here to rescue Rambo from you. I came to rescue you from him. But he's been absent too long and can't calm his soldier quick enough. Rambo disables more men, blows up a gas station and a gun shop, and attacks Teasel at his headquarters before Trotman can talk to him face to face. What happens next is one of the moments that sets this movie apart from its imitators. Rambo breaks down into a rambling speech about his dead comrades in arms and falls crying into the arms of his former CO. This too is a change from the book where Trotman shoots Rambo in the head to end both his rampage and his misery. Here he lives to fight another day, although he will do so with far less nuanced politics than in his anti-war debut. When Marvel Comics filed for bankruptcy, Michael Jackson attempted to purchase the comic book company. He wanted to take control and cast himself as Spider-Man. Stan Lee, Marvel, and many fans were against this due to Jackson's lack of acting experience. And they also didn't believe that Michael Jackson was a good fit for the part of Spider-Man. The acquisition never happened, and Marvel started to achieve major success when they cast Tobey Maguire years later as Spider-Man. Did you know that the Care Bearers were originally intended to be American greetings card characters? The 10 original Care Bearers, which wear belly badges to denote their personalities, were intended to only be those greeting card characters in 1981. And then in 1983, they became plush, stuffed Parker Brothers dolls. By 1985, Cheer Bear, Bedtime Bear, Birthday Bear, Wish Bear, Tender Heart Bear, Good Luck Bear, Love-A-Lot Bear, Friend Bear, Funshine Bear, and Grumpy Bear were all featured in an animated television series. And by the late 1980s, also starred in three major Canadian-American movies. Though relaunched a handful of times throughout the years with new names, books, and films, the soft and furry fad slowly faded by the turn of the century. 